welcome market participants to another Three Things in Credit. I'm Van Hesser, Chief Strategist at KBRA. Each week, we bring you three things impacting credit markets that we think you should know about. Correction, normalization, rationalization, sell-off. Call it what you will, no one said this would be easy or elegant. This week, our three things are, one, inflation. It continues to bedevil markets. Two, Fed forecasts. Here's a perspective on the labor piece. And three, uncertainty leads to volatility. We'll weigh the bull in bear cases. Let's dig a bit deeper. Inflation. As regular listeners of the podcast know, we have worried about the Federal Reserve shifting from a pragmatic approach in addressing inflation to more of an ideological one. The former implies a more measured tact, tailored to uncharted waters we find ourselves in, the latter appealing to the this-worked-well-in-the-past crowd. We believe the Fed has adopted more of an ideological stance, in part to quiet its vocal, if not unruly, critics. Ordinarily, a central bank tightens financial conditions when the economy is running hot, when demand exceeds undistorted supply. Well, today's supply is distorted by a one-two punch, disruption stemming from, one, the pandemic, and two, the Russia-Ukraine war. Those disruptions are not likely to be cured in the near term, which makes it increasingly likely that the Fed will compound its first policy error, being slow to tighten financial conditions with another, aggressively tightening into a rapidly decelerating economy. In other words, you have recognized the patient needs medicine but the prescription could make things worse. The problem is headline inflation. It's uncomfortably high, and it's likely to stay there at least through the next two FOMC meetings in June and July as the key drivers of inflation, namely soaring prices of food and energy, figure to remain elevated. The supply of energy, already constrained by ESG-driven agendas and the European war, is unlikely to meet demand, which is likely to be goosed by a reopening of China. Meanwhile, food prices have spiked due to the war in Ukraine, weather-related issues, and higher costs to produce. All of this is calcifying inflation expectations among consumers and businesses, triggering a wave of conservatism, I'm looking at you retail sales, into an already rapidly decelerating economy. So, to rapidly raise rates while running down the Fed's balance sheet strikes us as an ill-timed capitulation. Yes, it's sure to please those in the do-whatever-it-takes-now camp, but at what cost? Be careful what you wish for. At the risk of stating the obvious, driving the economy toward recession will create uncertainty in credit markets about the trajectory and endpoint of consumer and commercial default rates. All right, on to our second thing resetting expectations. Along with its 75 basis point interest rate hike this week, the Fed updated its economic forecasts. Needless to say, a lot has changed since its last update in mid-March, most notably the intensity and global reaction to the Russia attack on Ukraine and the extent and duration of China's COVID-related lockdowns. The impact of these dual shocks, much worse than expected and more persistent than expected inflation, was hard to dimension back in March. And at the time, we struggled with the Fed's projected unemployment rate, forecast to be at or around 50-year lows out to the end of 2024, despite a powerfully correcting, i.e. decelerating economy, 
and an ongoing technological revolution, which, net-net, tends not to be a job creator. So the Fed's newly updated growth forecast clearly takes into account what we now know and fear, the substantial drag of higher and more persistent inflation. The outlook for real GDP growth has been downgraded significantly to 1.7% in both 2022 and 23, from 2.8% and 2.2% respectively. And yet, the unemployment rate forecast ticks up only modestly to 3.7% in 2022, from 3.5% forecast back in March, and 3.9% in 2023, that's up from 3.5% in the previous forecast. So thinking through this, we would make a couple of observations. One, the unemployment rate forecast still strikes us as low amidst a drop in economic growth from well above normal in 2021, that was 5.7%, to below normal in 2022 and 2023. And two, this gets us dangerously close to a recession forecast in 2023, as history tells us that the average distance between the unemployment rate trough and the month of the recession starting is a rise of 0.3%. Now, to be fair, mathematically, you can have a significant growth slowdown and a low unemployment rate if the latter's denominator, the size of the labor force, grows anemically. But that, of course, would be a pyrrhic victory, hardly good for economic growth. And by the way, that has been the case through the pandemic era, as we remain some 4.5 million jobs, it's about 3%, below trend line according to the San Francisco Fed. The central bank branch attributes this to health-related fears, family care responsibilities, early retirement, and diminished immigration. So we remind investors that a tight labor market is not necessarily an ideal one from a growth standpoint. There are building structural issues, including automation, embedded societal ills, and a growing skills mismatch that threatens to keep the labor participation rate low, contributing to longer-term, below-potential economic growth. All right, on to our third thing, bulls versus bears. At the risk of repeating ourselves, line of sight is limited at the moment. While the pandemic has moved to the endemic stage, at least outside of China, the cost of pandemic relief, the highest inflation in 40 years, is still being worked out. Stimulus has ended and central banks are now feverishly tightening financial conditions. Meanwhile, market indicators, rates, credit spreads, equity multiples have returned, painfully, to historical norms. Now what? It's a good question. Here's what we know. The consumer in the aggregate is in good shape with abundant cash, a stronger balance sheet, and a tight labor market. Businesses are for the most part, well-positioned against a downturn with abundant liquidity, a manageable debt burden, and high margins. The financial system is in strong shape, with banks healthy and shadow banks larger and better known and positioned with investors. We also know the world is a riskier place. Now, the geopolitical jockeying has resumed after two years of nations focusing on managing pandemic. So the elevated volatility in markets we've been enduring over the past six months or so suggests that visibility is dim amidst powerful cross-currents. We thought it would be helpful to lay out the most important parameters of bull and bear scenarios. Let's start with the bull case. We are at peak inflation in the economy and peak hawkishness at the Fed. 
Corporate earnings growth remains solid as higher input costs are absorbed by consumers. Credit crunch is avoided, allowing re-exposed zombie companies and struggling lower-income consumers to resolve gradually over time. China reopens and resumes strong growth. The Russia-Ukraine war comes off the boil. Here's a more troubling bear case. The Fed over-tightens into a slowing economy, triggering recession. Corporate earnings growth disappoints, reducing support to equity prices. China and Europe underperform economically. Russia-Ukraine rages on, continuing to disrupt a wide range of commodities, including, most notably, energy. Consumer and commercial conservatism deepens. Credit crunch drives consumer and commercial default rates significantly higher. So where do we find ourselves? Well, we lean more toward the optimistic case. The direction of travel is clearly undermining investor confidence, but the fundamental starting point and the health of the financial system suggest the world is not falling apart. Outsized gains in risk assets over the past five years is not normal, and the correction has been painful. But again, that fundamental backdrop figures to cushion the economic landing. So there you have it. Three things in credit. One, inflation. The Fed's more ideological approach increases the risk of a hard landing. Two, Fed forecasts. The labor piece is not as sanguine as you would hope. And three, uncertainty is gripping markets. The bull's case, however, is more convincing. As always, thanks for joining us. Don't forget to check in on KBRA.com for our latest research and ratings reports. Enjoy the holiday weekend, and we'll see you next week. 